0: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and
1: Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, September 27th, wherever and however you're connected. Always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who has the new Mario Kart game at the top of his Christmas list, Jerem Jordan.
2: I guess so. So during the volleyball matches now, between sets two and three, it's like essentially halftime, there, two people compete in Mario Kart. So they said on Thursday, hey, do you and Amy want to do it? And I said, oh, let's do it Saturday. So Saturday, <laughs> during the match, we come back from break. During the break, Amy and I start the race, okay? I don't know that Amy's played Mario Kart, so she did her best. But I was competing against the field, and I just happened to win. Um, but it felt really good because, you know, we don't we broadcast, but we have no sense of whether we're doing a good job or not or a bad job. But I, I tried to act like I'd been there before, but I hadn't been there before. So I celebrated by flexing. I was excited.
1: You flexed yeah. after winning a Mario Kart race. Yeah,
2: I won. <laughs> I won. So I was excited. It's like a, I scored a touchdown and had a big spike. You know? There's not much to flex for me.
1: The crowd plays into this. Hey, yeah, They I were, they were excited. They were excited.
2: I got some affirmation. Speaking of winning, speaking of exciting, the BYU Boise State kick time is out on October 9th. It's going to be at 3.30 Eastern yes.
1: in the afternoon. Hall- hallelujah. Whoa. An afternoon game, not an 8.15 kickoff, which usually slides yes. to like 8.21 or 8.26.
2: ABC National or ESPN. What's this, what this really means is they are in the afternoon still. Rest in peace to that guy. And probably Skycam, like my favorite thing. Skycam's probably going to be here. That's me and Isaac Wood.
1: Hallelujah. So awesome. An afternoon game. Granted, playing in the primetime spotlight under the lights, there is great value in that for many reasons. It's, not, a lot prime, of fun. it's
2: not prime. It's not primetime once it starts after 10, though. <laughs> like, once it hits 11, you're out of primetime on the East Coast. <laughs> so you have 30 minutes aye, aye, aye. <laughs> for I'll, 50% of the population. I'll take it. No, I love this. 30 Eastern. I would rather play games at 1 than 820, no doubt. But BYU's in a great TV window for Central and East Coast to get all their games done. Again, if if the Pilgrims come on the other side, this is a different story. But they came on the East side, so like 50% of the U.S. population lives in the Eastern time zone.
1: Well, here's your morning primetime show lineup for BYU Sports Nation.
2: We wish. We're a 10 a.m. show,
1: baby. <laughs> BYU football still unbeaten, but not without a closer-than-expected result against overmatched USF. Is there cause for concern? Hey, Baylor-Romney in the offense absolutely did their part, almost to perfection. Is he making a case to be the starter for good? ESPN's Trevor Maddich addresses the quarterback situation. BYU's upcoming matchup with rival Utah State and Zach Wilson's rough start and go in Denver. Plus, Jimmer Fredette enjoying a Hall of Fame weekend. What's next for his basketball career? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Number 15 BYU football beats South Florida, 35-27, led by 305 passing yards and three touchdowns from Baylor Romney, who started for the injured Jaron Hall. Cougars put up a season-high 35 points, a season-high allowed 27 points against the Bulls. Kalani Stocky told Spencer in the postgame show there was a bit of both good and bad in the game.
0: Really pleased with the offense. Uh, I thought they moved the ball, scored. Uh, we just got to get them the ball more often. And so uh, there's some things we can do differently on defense and uh, improve. I, we got to get out of the drives. I, I don't want to take anything away from South Florida because I thought they had a great game plan. And um, the quarterback was running all over the place, and we have to find a way to, to take care of athletic quarterbacks.
2: BYU moves up to 13 in the AP poll, plays at Utah State Friday night in Ogden, being told it's actually in Logan, who lost to Boise State uh, 27-3 to on Saturday. Big How game. B- BYU send live from Logan on Friday. How
1: about that? They win a close game and still jump up two spots in the AP poll.
2: Yep, well, 4 now, baby, and a bunch of people are losing. Also, by the way, uh count on the kickoff the day of the Boise State game, Two Eastern Time special 90-minute version.
1: Zach Wilson and the New York Jets shut out by the Denver Broncos. Another rough go. Again, Trevor Maddich will expound on that when we talk to him. Jamal Williams scored a touchdown for the Detroit Lions, but he loses to Tyson Williams and the Baltimore Ravens on an NFL record 66-yard field goal. Taysom Hill and the Saints. Taysom scored a late touchdown. They hold off Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots. Michael Davis had two fumble recoveries in an unexpected win on the road against Dirty Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Speaking of the Chiefs, uh, head coach and former Cougar Andy Reid became ill yesterday, and the postgame was taken to the hospital in an ambulance. Chiefs announced last night he's doing well, currently resting, and in stable condition, which is good news.
1: Yeah, glad to hear that. LSU slash San Jose State basketball transfer Seneca Knight has indeed received his waiver and is immediately eligible to play for Mark Pope and BYU basketball. This is fantastic news for the Cougars.
2: Worst news: uh, the Milwaukee Bucks waive Elijah Bryant after he played in the eleven playoff games with the Bucks in the run-up to the NBA title. No word on what's next for Bryant.
1: Hey, listen, he and Sam Merrill got their NBA championship ring. It's okay.
2: And then Sam was subsequently traded. I think. Yep. Yeah.
1: So they've moved hey, on. They got from a ring. Eli you know? and Sam, but uh, go. yeah, they got their rings. In a fifth consecutive sweep, BYU women's volleyball takes down St. Mary's in the light of Jerem Jordan winning that Mario Kart race and just winning juju all over the place. The 11th ranked Cougars will take on Santa Clara this Thursday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Watch on BYU TV and the BYU TV apps 9 Eastern if you're doing the math uh, in the Eastern time zone.
2: They're on the road, so don't watch that on BYU TV. Okay.
1: Oh, wait. Don't watch it on BYU TV.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's on the road. Okay. All good. Uh, men's golf wins its season opener at William the William H. Tucker uh, Invitational. All six players finished in the top 25 for the week. The Cougars are off this week for the Ron Moore Intercollegiate in Colorado next week.
1: How about some news from Cougars in the majors? Michael Rucker for the Chicago Cubs gave up two runs, struck out two in an inning, pitched. Brennan Lund. Had two runs batted in on Sunday and another RBI on Saturday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's
0: Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Baylor Romney, near perfect, at least from my perspective, in In his his third start and third win for the BYU Cougars. He threw five incompletions and was grading out at a very high level. Jerem, my question now is... Is there a quarterback controversy now at BYU after another Baylor-Romney start?
2: One start versus South Florida versus three, <laughs> st- uh, two two-and-a-half starts versus Power Fives. No, there's not a quarterback controversy. But what was cemented in my mind, because Baylor was so good, and let's break that down in a moment, is that he's not QB2. He's QB1.5. If there's a game, say a first half, where BYU really struggles, and Jaron Hall, hopefully not, throws three picks or something, there's a chance BYU could make that move in-game to go with Baylor. Baylor has shown from 2019 and now that he is extremely capable of being a QB1. There's no reason Baylor uh, shouldn't be a QB1, right? Well, the reason is Jaron Hall's really good too. So I I don't think BYU is looking at a two QB thing. Although one notable person at halftime asked me the question in the press box, Hey, is there something here with these two guys? Should BYU let... I don't think BYU will. Um, Baylor is an amazing backup. I dare say one of the best backups BYU's ever had. Um, and that's saying a lot because you've had some All Americans who have backed up All Americans. Baylor's really good. 20 to 25, 305, three touchdowns, no picks, 222 on his uh, pass rating. That's incredible, man. North of 200? We're up in 180 plus, right? So that's amazing. Jaron Hall makes plays. BYU needed Jaron Hall against Utah to run the ball. I don't think. You know, with Baylor, it's the same situation, right? Uh, Baylor's arm is a little better than Jaren's, I think. Baylor's ability to stretch the field with three plays of 40-plus in this game was pretty awesome. So, BYU's in a great spot. And then there's the third string who told Alabama no. It's just an amazing situation.
1: Baylor-Romney could start for like 75 other Division one programs. And that's not an example. I think Utah
2: State wishes they had a Baylor-Romney. I, saw I think Utah wishes they had Utah a Baylor-Romney.
1: say, hey, can we work out a trade? For Baylor Romney <laughs> for the rest of the season and then send him back to promo next year.
2: We already gave you Devin Capusi. What are you talking about? Right? So yes, some tongue in
1: cheek <laughs> tweets, great stuff. Baylor Romney could start for a majority of other Division I programs. And I was the one in the summer saying, look, like right now, with our with Jaron Hall's health status unknown, maybe BYU should just plan on starting Baylor. And I got ripped apart on social media. Oh, Spencer, you don't understand. Baylor Romney's not the athlete that Jared Hall is. He's, you got to go all in on Jared. Baylor's the perfect bag. I can't believe you would say that. There are several of you now thinking, huh, 20 for 25, 300 plus, three touchdowns, no interceptions. BYU scored touchdowns on five of seven drives. They punted once and had a blocked field goal. Maybe there's something to this Baylor Romney kid. He's three for three in his starts. Okay, uh,
2: now no, Jaron's road was tougher. True, and Utah. I think BYU needed Jaron's legs to win that game. I really do.
1: I'm not. Yeah. I am not saying it worked out perfectly. Baylor Romney stepping in when Jaron Hall couldn't play. It's great. All I'm saying is, if BYU opted to start Baylor Romney, it wouldn't be that big of a deal in my mind. No. No. Okay. It's no. like you said, it's quarterback one and quarterback one and a half. Whatever. Like if the coaches saw something, it wouldn't be like this shocking revelation that Baylor Romney's gonna start. Oh my goodness, it I would can't
0: be believe the
2: drama. Yes, it would be. It'd be section one thirty nine. Oh my That's goodness. That's what that would be. I think community of Christ has like one eighty or
1: something. BYU has two fully awesome. capable veteran starters that can go out and in their own unique ways yeah. lead the team and yeah. get the job done. Like if Baylor Romney were to start against Utah State and Boise State, would you have any issue with that?
2: No. no I not hope at all. that Jaron Hall gets healthy ASAP. Yes, Baylor Romney might start Saturday, uh, Friday. Who knows? We don't know that right now. We don't know that he won't.
1: There's not a controversy, but rather a wealth of talent.
2: Yes, love a, it.
1: This is a fan... I know it, it's often said it's a fantastic problem. It's the goal. Or maybe we should just say fantastic advantage... That BYU has in the
2: quarterback. Yeah, it ain't no problem. No.
1: No controversy. Topic two.
2: What level of concern do you have about the BYU defense after Saturday?
1: (sighs) Listen, I I know that they couldn't get off the field. South Florida had the ball for 35-plus minutes. This was ridiculous. Kalani Satake was noticeably underwhelmed when he was doing his post-game interview with me after a win. It it reminded me of the UTSA situation, Jerem. Yes. Week four... Comes off the field, and it's like, oh, man, I can't believe BYU only beat UTSA by 7 points. Same thing, man, I can't believe BYU beat USF by only 8 points. And the coach is immediately going to, oh, we've got to be better here, we've got to be better here. And he pointed out that the defense has got to get off the field, we've got to get the offense, the ball more. We're starting to realize just how much BYU misses Keenan Peely. And how much they missed Atunaisa Mahe at nose tackle. And Tyler Batty on the front. And Chaz Ayu is now a linebacker. So he's transitioning into a different position. Literally. Alan Hanneman started at safety because Chaz had to move up to linebacker because they're not ready to put all their trust in Ben Bywater and Josh Wilson and Drew Jensen to yes. fill in for Keenan. There are so many moving things. Guys are learning as they go. So
2: South Florida is the greatest game for that.
1: Absolutely, it's a
2: great time to figure it out.
1: And they're dealing with the most athletic quarterback that they have seen—a guy that's faster and quicker uh, yes. than Jaden Daniels.
2: Yes, Dollar Store Michael Vick was on display, dude. He is good player. He could be really good, right? I only say Dollar Store because he's young. You know, Michael Vick's like Hall of Famer. Come on, he's like incredible, right? Yes, he, Jimmy McLean is really good. He's the freshman version of Michael Vick. Yes, in no, college. Yes, that's a nicer way of saying that than Dollar Store. <laughs> yes, I'm okay. I listen. I. I am concerned. I'm not overly concerned. No, I'm concerned about the injuries. I'm concerned about the injuries. Yes, BYU didn't give up a, a million yards or a million yards per play or even a million points. Yes, I know it was more points than they had given up. But listen, I'm telling you, I can't quantify this very well. But when BYU starts the season with three, two two and a half power fives, you get banged up. Every year BYU does this, this happens. Just know that it's a different kind of physical, a different kind of you're going to get hurt. It just happens. Like, for whatever when BYU is were... in the Big 12, this will happen more often. And
1: yeah, for whatever reason, there were more injuries happening during the game against USF. Yes.
2: The, it, everything slowed down once BYU got up 21 nothing. It was a weird game. BYU came out on top. Awesome. You've learned some valuable lessons. Go play two rivals in a row, and then go play the best team left on the schedule, by the way. Baylor.
1: Who, on October 6th. who had Baylor as the toughest opponent on BYU's schedule?
2: Not me. Mm. USC got blown out by Oregon State. What?
1: Yours truly. Wow. And again, I was mocked for that. Oh, Spencer, you're giving Jeff Crimes way too much credit. Blah, blah, blah. Baylor's the real deal right now. They have another tough game You've against Oklahoma State twice, this week, man. They have another tough game against Oklahoma State this weekend, and we'll all be watching. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And it was interesting to watch Jeff Crimes run some of the very same plays that he ran at BYU at I would, Baylor. I would think so. <laughs> Our question of the day: Are you more impressed with Baylor
2: Romney? Wait, Baylor Romney?
1: or more concerned about the BYU defense based on Saturday's result against USF. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: First response in from at Mr. Underscore Notham, and I quote, Baylor freaking Romney is a long ball slinging beast. Beyond impressed with his gameplay and accuracy, I was on the Baylor for QB1 train preseason. But Hall has been great. Yes, he has. Jaron Hall was needed to beat the Power 5 opponents. That said, the Romney for QB1 train has re-entered the station.
2: There's no controversy. It just means BYU has a wonderful situation. BYU
1: has every reason to not feel pressure to rush Jaron Hall back.
2: Yes, which BYU had to rush Zach Wilson back in 2019 when he couldn't even grip the ball the way with his... Injured thumb. Uh, When Jaron
1: and Baylor were also injured.
2: Yes. Good grief. Yes, and Baylor had turf toe that year. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's no controversy. There's just. I I think you need. I think
2: you need two to get through a season now in the modern era. I do. Especially the schedules BYU way the footballs played. I think you will need two good ones. A lot of teams have to say that, right? Yeah. Okay. Coming up, a Lavelle Edwards Stadium milestone
1: plus one of the newest Hall of Famers in the BYU Athletics Hall of Fame, Jimmer Fredette joins us live on BYU Sports Nation. What's next in his basketball career? Stay with us.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today on Coordinator's Corner,
2: Aaron Roderick and Eliza Chuiak join the show to recap the South Florida game. Look ahead to Utah State. A lot to talk about. Catch it on the BYU TV app right after us at 1 Eastern time.
1: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play on a Monday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our absolute pleasure to welcome in one of the newest members of the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame Jimmer Fredette is joining us over Zoom. Jimmer, I know it's been a few days since you were inducted into the Hall. You were celebrated on Saturday night. Now that you've had the weekend to process it all, what's on your mind when it comes to being a Hall of Famer at BYU?
3: Yeah, no, it's been, uh, you yeah, know, it was a special weekend. I mean, uh, had a lot going on the weekend through my foundation. And then also with, uh, you know, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I was, I was very busy and it was a great time. Um, You know, my family was all there. My sister and my brother and my parents and obviously my wife and all of my in-laws were all there. So, I mean, it was everyone was together. I saw a lot of my former BYU teammates and coaching staff. Um, So it just brought back a lot of great memories of me being at the Y. So couldn't have asked for a better weekend, a special moment. And I'm grateful for the university for inducting me into the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, pretty cool moment. Uh, there's a 10-year minimum, which I, I'm wondering if we'd still need that. Um, I almost wonder, <laughs> it's like, hey, just to get someone available in the fall, if you're playing professionally or whatever, but, which, by the way, let's just knock that out right now. Are you going to China this season? Uh,
3: maybe. I'm not sure yet. So, yeah, it was reported that I was for sure going, but that wasn't exactly true. I'm not sure where that came from, but I have been talking with the Sharks a lot. Um, You know, I won't be going over right now um, or anything. I'm taking a little bit of time. Um, So whether I go back over to China with the sharks, um, you know, that could be a a possibility as well, or it could be somewhere else. But, um, you know, I'm definitely talking with them and uh, we'll see what happens. But right now I'm just enjoying being home too much.
1: (laughs) Understandably, especially since you've done the Chinese thing and they've been away from your family for just extended periods of time yeah it's it's no surprise you're you're enjoying being around your family. How do you balance yeah. not knowing what's going to happen in your professional career? How do you handle that mentally?
3: Yeah, no you kind of get used to it a little bit. I mean, I've been in the situation now for like six seven years straight where it's just you're a free agent every summer and you're kind of just like, all right. What's going to happen? So at first, when you're younger, you're kind of just you're worried about every day. You're calling your agent every single day and you're just like, all right, what's going to happen? Where am I going? Who's calling me? Who's talking? All of this stuff. And then, um, you know, as I'm going on later in my career, I haven't spoken to my agent in probably a couple of weeks, you know, just because I'm like, "Ah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, he's talking (laughs) with people and and, uh, I know he's doing his work and I'm like, I'm not stressed about it at all. Um, I know I'm going to be somewhere I'll be, I'll find a really, really good spot. Um, But like you said, I just, you know, I was gone so long last year that it's just been such a great summer. Uh, I haven't been here in the fall, I don't think for 10 years. Um, So I'm enjoying the leaves changing and seeing some of the, uh, some of the cooler days here in Denver um, and seeing some more BYU football. I've been in three games. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I
2: I thought we'd talk about the Hall of Fame at the beginning here, but I have too many questions about just just basketball and everything else. (laughs) Um, Are you you more comfortable being in a situation where you're going to get more minutes and more shots versus, like, I know in Panathinaikos, it's, like, very regimented. You had, like, X amount of minutes and whatnot. Um, What's, like, what's the ideal fit for you? Because there's certainly, like, you know, a certain amount of prestige playing in the Euro League and whatnot, but there's also, like, the opportunity to have the autonomy in China and other leagues like that. So, kind of, what what is your preference there?
3: Yeah, they're both great. They're both different. I mean, for me, probably the best has been in China. I mean, with Shanghai, it's been you know, an incredible five, you know, four seasons that I've had there. Um, you know, being able to win MVP and, and uh, having shoe deals and off the court is just way better. And, and all of this stuff, as far as, like, money is concerned off the course way better um, you know, that type of stuff. So it's been a really great fit for me. I've been able to really go in and, and it just suits my game perfectly. They want me to go in and score and to be able to have the ball in my hands and make plays, whether it's giving um, you know, other teammates opportunities or, or scoring the basketball. And, and, you know, I've been able to handle it mentally and, and physically, which, you know, is not, diff- not easy for a lot of guys to do. And, and Euro league was so fun to play. And I mean, there's just, you go to great cities, it's amazingly off the court, and great food, um, it's just a different t- style of play. Um, you know, for me, um, I'm, I'm definitely better with the ball in my hands being able to make plays, and I didn't get that opportunity quite as much in the EuroLeague. I think I would if I, you know, found a different team and, and found the right situation, and it would be really even better. But, um, you know, the the China thing has just been so great for me and my family. I mean, um, you know, to be a, a star kind of over in China is – is pretty incredible, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of people over there, so that uh, gets your name out quite a bit.
1: <laughs> Jimmer Fredette is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Recently inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame, it was fun to watch you and uh, Danny Ainge kind of interact there in the press box. If you can share with us what what was that conversation like with uh, you know the other greatest to ever play at BYU.
3: Yeah, no, it's it was very secretive. I mean, I mean, we can't we can't reveal what we're talking about. You know, I mean, <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it was great. I mean, Danny's such a great guy. I've talked to him over the years. Um, you know, I, I leaned on him heavily in the 2011 season um, and beyond. And uh, you know, just asked him how things were going. I know he's he's around a little bit more in Utah, but also uh, just asked him how Austin was doing. I played with Austin uh, a little bit. Uh, when he was at BYU and, um, you know, see how he was doing, his family. And, um, you know, he was asking about my career, how things were going, what I was doing next year, all these things. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was good to see him. Um, you know, it's a great photo for people to see for sure, but you know, he's a, he's a legend and, uh, yeah, anything else beyond that, I can't tell you.
2: Kim Fournette, not revealing secrets here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Um, when you look at, um, BYU and the situation BYU Hoops is in going to the Big 12, I know you talked about it on Countdown to Kickoff, but for those who missed it, that it's going to be the number one league in America. I mean, what an opportunity for BYU basketball right now. Um, specifically in the Big 12, football is going to be awesome too, but basketball, I think it's the big winner here, right, Jimmer?
3: My goodness, it's uh it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, the even the the so-called easy games are going to be extremely difficult. I mean, you when you're going to all these Big 12 schools, you're you're going through a gauntlet of You know, West Virginia and Baylor, Oklahoma State, it's unbelievable the the amazing arenas they're going to be playing at. Um, I know that side excited about it, but I know he knows that. He also has work cut out for him. Um, he's going to be out of talent and uh, I think it'll make it even easier to recruit guys now. Just being in the Big 12 people are going to want to come play in that conference. So I think it's going to help the school out both for football and basketball and all other sports across the uh, across the board. So I, I'm so excited for that.
1: Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation. I, I'm kind of serious when I ask this. <laughs> have you considered a social media influencer career led by trick shot Tuesday? Once you're done playing professional basketball, because it seems to be going pretty well for you, Jimmer.
3: Yeah, it's going pretty well. I mean, uh, the trick shot Tuesday people love, I, I always joke. I mean, I'm literally going to be known about by trick shot Tuesday, no more than anything else I do in my career. I, I really <laughs> no. like that at some point. Yeah, Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but um, no, it's been great. The kids love it, especially like my, I get parents going up to me all the time and be like, my kid was just watching your trick shot videos, you know, nonstop. So I, I'll definitely continue to do it. Um, who knows how far it'll take me i do some basketball training videos you know on instagram and tiktok as well just to you know just because i think it's fun to do and i like to be able to share information and it's an easy way to share information to to a lot of kids and and people out there so i'll keep doing it we'll see what happens with it but uh you know it's it's fun to do i mostly enjoy it and that's why i do it not necessarily because i you know, want to do it for anybody else i just think it's fun (laughs) it's
2: it's awesome man it's awesome and uh you don't even have to reveal how many takes it took
3: right uh, which is super fun. Did okay. Yeah, just the pin. I mean, sometimes it's. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's not much. Sometimes I'll get it in the first like five, ten tries, and then other times it'll be a couple hours. You know what I mean? It kind of just depends on. Uh, it depends on the ball bouncing. And and Whitney's a saint. Whitney's the one that's uh, you know out there filming it the whole time. And if she doesn't catch it, then um, you know that's a problem. So <laughs> yeah,
2: th- yeah. There's heck to pay. Okay. Big philosophical question. As we've looked at how basketball has evolved and the game is played, if you came a decade later. Are things different for you? Because I kind of look at, obviously, what happened with Steph Curry and now with Trey Young, sort of the evolution of uh, the guy with the ball in his hand who's going to have a higher usage rate. Did, did basketball evolve in a way where you were one of the precedent setters in that era, but if it was a decade later, maybe things are a little different?
3: I think it would have been different for sure. Um, You know, I just think they allow for that more in the NBA. Now, when I first came in, it was a little bit different where – you know, you were kind of like, all right, are you a point guard or are you a two guard? Which position are you going to play? Are you going to handle the ball? That type of stuff. It's a lot more positionless now. I think they're just looking for scores and playmakers and shooters in my ability to be able to, um, you know, spread the floor. I think if I came down and did a pull up three in transition at this point in the, in the NBA, then they wouldn't care. They would actually encourage it, um, encourage all that type of stuff, whereas it wasn't quite like that when I first came out. It was changing a little bit, but not quite there yet and uh but now it's you know exactly the way that I play is is the way that the NBA is played. Um so I think it would've been a little bit different um who knows how it would have turned out. You never can speculate, but I definitely know that the the game is is definitely catered more to my uh my talents.
1: Jimmer we've I mean we're watching some of your all-time great we're, highlights. And we're BYU. busting
3: out like the 07 yeah, to 09 so, ones. It's so
1: fun to watch the earlier stage Jimmer as a <laughs> yeah, freshman that's the and old sophomore.
2: <laughs>
3: I uh, saw Chris Miles and Jonathan Tavares. Yeah, in there love and Let, Let's
1: go. Uh, let's go. You know, JT was mad when you were taking all those shots, right?
3: <laughs> oh, he was. He was so mad. JT. <laughs> he he puts up a front on um, on on Twitter on Twitter and everything where he's like, "Oh yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's there's no way." I mean, but he's he's in deep down inside. He's like, "I should have been shooting every shot." I don't know what he's doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmer, uh, it's so great to catch up with you. We, I mean, we wish you the most hearty congratulations again on being inducted into the BY Athletic Hall of Fame. It was my pleasure to be there and be a part of that and hang out with you and your family. And I finally met your sister, Lindsay. She's awesome. You pointed out that she kind of goes, uh, she, she kind of gets left off the radar as your, as your missing sibling. But uh, um, yeah, I just thought that was a really, really yeah. fun experience overall. And uh, congratulations once again.
3: Yeah, thanks, uh, Spence. I mean, like I said before, you did an incredible job. It was awesome to see you there. I'm glad you're you're feeling better and back. You guys are back together. You guys are the best there is. I love coming on the show, and you guys are doing great. And I need to get my – I have a BYU Sports Nation hat. I need to come get it signed by you both so I can put it up in my office.
2: <laughs> that sounds fun to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe it's been 10 years, by really? the way, since you played at BYU. And, like, you, yeah. you, you showed up, uh, you know, me in 07. Either. I was a student at the time as well. Like it, Spencer just it was about, about to graduate yeah. 2 years later too. Yeah, crazy. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy.
3: Yeah. All right, Un- my friend. Unbelievable. So, it was it's been it's been, a, it's been a fun ride.
1: Stay safe, be healthy in Denver, enjoy plenty of family time and uh we'll be waiting and watching to see what happens in your uh, professional career. Thanks, Jimmer.
3: No. Nope problem
1: guys thanks a lot for having me we'll talk to you soon you got it he is a byu athletics hall of famer jimmer Fredette,
3: James and a byu Jack.
1: sports James nation Jack. hall of famer
2: we should start a BYU SN hall of fame yes like it, it it could include coaches we we should have like the the hall of good the hall of fame we should have like certain okay. certain enemies of the state
1: we need we need to make lists okay that's what we need and like, to do
2: they can move depending on performance or situation yeah yeah. yeah. And you right. know what?
1: We have a conversation coming up with uh, a guy that probably belongs in the BYU Sports He's Nation Hall of Fame. He's in the BYU the Sports Nation
2: Hall of Fame. ESPN's Trevor Manich. What to do with two good quarterbacks.
1: Plus, you know, you're hanging out at a football game on Saturday and then a bunch of hoops royalty show up. But who was the best basketballer there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Get ready for hoop season tomorrow
2: night. BYU men's basketball season preview live from the opening day of practice. Tyler Haas and I will be there nine Eastern on BYU TV in the app. Coaches, mic'd up, loaded guest lineup. It's going to be awesome, amazing. Can't wait.
1: Basketball this week.
2: Basketball
1: this week. Wow.
2: Basketball.
1: He is Jerem singing, and I am Spencer not singing. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show. And get fantastic content throughout the day. You know what to do. Follow our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I
2: think you should pull out a Will Farrell. I'm singing. No, right. no right. I can do Not some with your voice. I it, can do it, some. Yeah, low it's 72% voice. Seventy-two percent. No, it was like it was like no. sixty. True. Over the weekend, it's yeah. way better. It's better. Okay, okay. it's, it's uh, better. Seventy-nine. Then. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. closer to
1: eighty percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't sing right now, especially the higher range. It's pretty hilarious. Let's hear it? No. <laughs> no. But I can do low voice impressions. Do one. Well, first of all, terrible shot by Dale Davis. My bill is that Walton pressure is much better oh, right it's now. Low Please. Right there. Okay. okay. Let's whip it. <laughs> Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. I was expecting
2: like very well. Okay. Uh, Saturday was the two hundred fiftieth win at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Pretty cool. What's your favorite one of those wins you attended?
1: Paul to George in 2009 is pretty epic. Yeah, that was uh, fun for sure. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to be. I wish I were at the game that we're showing you on BYU TV right now. BYU Miami. Like this that's game was that's good. the game. 07. That's the game that Ty Detmer jokes. Two hundred and fifty thousand people were at. Yeah, number grows every oh, year. Oh, shattered. I was at that game. That, that,
2: uh, we just showed uh, my favorite game. Oh one. BYU Utah. BYU's undefeated against Utah. That's rare. So I was
1: in the land of South Korea. I read about that game ten days after the fact because I had to wait for a newspaper clipping from my mom. The internet was not allowed at that point.
2: <laughs> now it is. The missionaries now. have it so much better.
1: <laughs> but I was very excited when I read about it ten days after the fact. Yeah, Hall to George. That was epic. That was amazing.
2: Undefeated BYU maybe, in, in may, November.
1: Maybe fourth and eighteen. I mean, that was fun. But Hall to George in overtime. That was that was more epic. Yes. Okay. Which was the better pro basketball sighting? at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Donovan Mitchell and several members of the Utah Jazz. Oh, yeah. Or two BYU greats, the BYU greats, Jimmer Fredette and Danny Ainge hanging out.
2: Um, it's the two goats. Yep. But check out our, our dude, the DJ, who's apparently a Ute fan, um, on the left behind Donovan Mitchell. This is the noise he's making. Yeah! <laughs> what is that face? I, I he was know. excited,
1: dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He is higher pitched Spencer. Yeah!
2: There it is. There you go. Right? <laughs> that's the noise he's making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Fowlers behind Donovan Mitchell as well. Oh my goodness. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's the goats, brother. Come it's on. I saw the, some goats yesterday. That's the
1: image no, of the literal night. goats. Like, as much as Donovan Mitchell is amazing, super cool guy. Had a chance to interview him a few times. Uh, he's great. He's in a Mets jersey. If he'd been in BYU gear, then maybe he's more in the conversation. It's the GOATs.
2: He's not going to beat Danny it's Ainge and goats. Jimmer Fredetta. Oh, no. Only yeah. Steve Young and Jim McMahon can compete in a picture. Come on, bro. Was well, Saturday the first of many 100-yard games by Puka I hope so. Uh,
1: BYU's offense is a little bit different when Jaron Hall is on the field. Just by nature of what he can do with his legs. Baylor Romney is the quarterback, then BYU yes is understandably going to be more keen to throw the ball more and put Nakua, among others in position to receive a hundred yards or more. so I think it depends on who the starting quarterback is, Jeremy and it forward. depends
2: if it's the South Florida defense That's true.
1: Well. garbage defense yeah BYU play a few garbage defenses coming
2: up It's a recycling defense let's let's be a little nice. All right, just kidding.
1: soften the ball Dollar
2: store like
1: okay, how about this? A lot of controversy here in the Jets' kingdom. New York's Jets offensive lineman Greg Van Roten told the media after the game when asked about Zach Wilson, and I quote, He's got to learn. This is the NFL. You've got to get the ball out.
2: I think he knows it's the NFL.
1: He can't hold on to it and try to make a play and throw it deep downfield. Oh, and we've got to protect him better. It starts with us up front, end quote. Is he wrong?
2: No, but he he said... He should have said, "We've got to protect him better." Yes. Period. But if we don't, yes. then th- this is what we need to have it. Yes. He phrased it kind of odd.
1: No, and then people didn't include the latter part of the quote. So all of a sudden it was, "He's got to get the ball out." It was like he's attacking Zach, and he's not taking any.
2: He is attacking Zach, but and, and um, you know, it's a little. We'll talk to Trevor Maddox about this particular situation, but
1: yeah. yeah, no, he's not wrong. He should have just like phrased I said, it, phrased yes. it better. Like we've got to do a better job protecting him. Yes, Zach's got to step up and probably get the ball.
2: And if we don't, it's a both. Yeah, it's both. So no, he's not wrong. We just
1: poorly phrased, and now he's getting taken through the ringer.
2: Yeah. Well, he already plays for the Jets, so that's natural. Coming up, prop prop pick results
1: and future BYU Sports Nation Hall of Famer Trevor Maddich will join the program. Jared goes one on one with him. Is he concerned about the BYU defense? And what does he make of Zach Wilson? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Kalani Take
2: dancing, smiling, pointing, doing a lot of that Saturday. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Host Greg Rebell, they review the South Florida game, preview the matchup Friday with Utah State, and Baylor Romney's in the film room tomorrow night on the BYU TV app.
1: Jeremy, I was looking at the top 25 matchups this weekend, and just by sheer uh, matchups alone, if BYU beats Utah State they're going to be a top-ten team mm. when they take on Boise State. Just by what's going to happen because of all Notre the other matchups. Cincy, which
2: is really fun. Yes, That's like Alabama's going to beat game. Ole
1: Miss, who's number 12. Yep. Like, it's Georgia's playing Arkansas, two versus eight. So just attrition alone if BYU wins.
2: I, listen, I'm excited, and uh, I was excited this morning to chat with our homie Trevor Maddich uh, of VSPN former BYU All-American as well. We talked about Baylor-Romney. We talked about the offense, concerns about the defense. What's up with Zach Wilson with the Jets? Here's that conversation. All right, Trevor, lots to discuss from the South Florida game. Certainly BYU's 4-0, which is the good news. But people are coming out of it feeling a little weird because this margin was close. So what were your greatest takeaways from Game 4 for BYU against South Florida?
4: Well, Jerem, first of all, what a great place to be when BYU fans are disappointed with the win, <laughs> right? No, we should have blown them out by more. Well, the standards have changed, haven't they, externally? So it. I thought BYU did a fairly fantastic job. We had talked a while, for a while, about how the offense needed to support the defense better. About how last week they had way too many three and outs. They had periods of time, like the second period, uh, and, or the first period and the third period, where they disappeared, right? The offense disappeared and the defense kept them in the game, kept them going, kept setting them up with short fields. This was the game that the offense needed carry the defense because of injury and the offense did they only punted once they had no turnovers except if you call a missed field goal a turnover and the time they punted was a six play drive so at least it wasn't three and out so the offense was much more consistent so that's very positive the defense came out smoking like they normally do until they started to lose guys and they lost a lot of guys and you could see the effect of that especially with a mobile quarterback like south florida has timmy McLean, who was able to run around and extend plays and make the guys that were remaining have to run all over the place and i think when you look at the way they fought through all that and still got the win i think there's a lot to be proud of even though it doesn't feel like they want it to feel
2: so let's break that down. Let's start with the good. The offense, like you said, 21 points in that first quarter. A comfortable lead. BYU is yet to trail this season, which is really, really interesting through a third of the year. Mm-hmm. Baylor Romney steps in for the injured Jaron Hall. That was a bit of news before the game there. 20 of 25, 305 yards, three touchdowns, a pass rating of 222. Three pass plays of 40-plus, including a little buddy ball to his uh, brother Gunner, which is pretty fun. Baylor was
4: pretty good. <laughs> Baylor was phenomenal. He is a starting quarterback, and that's such a luxury that BYU has. I mean, Baylor comes in, he knew how to run the offense, he was very calm, he knew where to go with the ball, and then he was accurate. He was just profoundly accurate. A lot of times when you complete 80%, which is what Baylor did in this game, it's because you're throwing at or near the line of scrimmage a lot. But like you said, he threw the ball down the field a lot. And my favorite one was to Puka Nakula on the right sideline. I mean, there was a defender right there with him. That ball had to drop in perfectly. And it did, even though Baylor was hit in the face as he threw, falling away from that hit, trying to lessen the impact. And it was still an accurate throw down the field. And so I think that that Baylor Romney showed that he's a starting quarterback in, in a lot of schools in this country, if not most schools, including this one in terms of starting caliber and that's a luxury that BYU has when you've got an injury you can put in a guy that's not a drop-off.
2: So what does BYU do with that because you have two capable starters I think we felt like this before the season this has been confirmed now through four games Jaren Hall's the guy and I said earlier Baylor Romney is not uh you know QB two he's QB one and a half if there was a situation where you felt like you needed to put Baylor Romney in for whatever reason, I think BYU would feel pretty comfortable at this point. So what do you do with that? Because you played on teams where you literally had three NFL quarterbacks on the team.
4: Right. <laughs> You're exactly right. That Those quarterback rooms were outstanding. And this quarterback room is outstanding. And what BYU needs to do, I think, is start Jaron Hall and have Baylor ready. And that's the best thing. The The question that BYU will have with this is not which quarterback to start necessarily. I think it's got to be Jaron Hall at this point. But I think it's how they handle Baylor Romney. Do they put him in and let him play a couple series a game? Do they hold him out unless Jaron's struggling? Uh, And that's another thing about Jaron. What if Jaron's struggling in a given game? For whatever reason, let's say the offense isn't going and they need a spark. They have the option to switch quarterbacks. Now there's a psychological issue there that they'll have to address in advance because Jaron Hall would feel like he's benched if that happens and kind of it would be the case, but they'd have to convince him if they go with that plan that It's okay. They're just looking for a spark, and Jaron is still the starting quarterback. So these are questions that the coaching staff will have to answer about how they want to to go forward with these because if the offense does need a spark, they have a guy on the sideline that could give it a spark without necessarily making a switch in starting quarterback for the long term.
2: We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich, former BYU Cougar, of course, here on Maddich Mondays. Uh, how much concern do you have about the BYU defense? Because there were a lot of injuries, there were a lot of threes and fours even getting into this game. BYU gives up 367 in yards. That's that's good number, 5.1 per play. That's fine. BYU was 8.9, by the way. But a season high allowed 27 points against South Florida. It's one-score game at the end. BYU had to uh, ice it out with the
4: drive. I think the issue with the defense is just health. Because when they were as healthy as they were going to be in this game at the beginning, they played great. And then all of a sudden, guys started getting hurt. Guys started getting helped off the field. Little guys on the back end that they needed to cover. Big guys up front that they need to be fresh. And as that happened and the game wore on, not only did they have fewer guys for the rotation, but they were now putting in guys at the bottom of the rotation that didn't have much experience. And then watching the game, it looked like some of those guys up front were just tired. I mean, that little quarterback would run around like crazy and they'd run as hard as they could go. But it was like they were running through molasses sometimes because they just had to play too many snaps or guys that were used to playing much at all were all of a sudden having to play a lot. And I think that's the issue. And that's not a question of of talent. It's not a question of effort at all. It's just a question, a question of health. And so, you know, it depends. Depending on who's healthy to come back and and how their legs are against Utah State, I think will determine how well the BYU defense plays. But I'm not concerned about the defense based on the offensive numbers of USF. I'm only concerned about the health.
2: Yeah, good point. Trevor, uh, BYU plays Utah State this week on Friday before General Conference. What was it like to lose to Utah State, Trev?
4: Jared, that's a great question. You'll have to ask somebody else, though. Because in, in my four years, we were 4-0 against Utah and Utah State. So I have no idea what it's like to lose to a rival. And I, I would love to see BYU go up there and make it a sweep this year. But Utah State is tough, especially on the offensive passing game. I mean, they, they've been scoring a ton of points. They ran into a buzzsaw against Boise last week. Other than that, that passing game is smoking for the Aggies. And I think BYU's defense will be running around an awful lot next week and it's another game where the offense is going to have to contribute because this one, this one might be the highest scoring game yet for the Cougars this year.
2: Ooh, okay. Looking forward to that Friday night. Any concern with Zach Wilson at this point or is this uh, with the Jets or is this a product of the Jets' offensive line? You know, one, one of the guards said, hey, he needs to get the ball out a little quicker. We've got a block, but he's got to get the ball out quicker. What are you seeing with Zach Wilson and the Jets?
4: Well, that's the thing that concerns me. Is an offensive lineman, he shouldn't be saying that publicly. Mm. He should be saying that to Zach privately if he believes that. And at the same time, an offensive lineman shouldn't be pointing a finger at somebody else. If he says that we need to protect the ball better or protect the quarterback better, oh, yeah, but it's quarterback's fault sometimes. That I don't listen to that guy. I don't care who that guy is. I don't listen to that guy. Uh, that's, that's wrong. But at the same time, Zach is trying to make things happen. The Jets have had a uh, difficult time to open the season. And so he's trying to force the ball into places that maybe he shouldn't force the ball into to make things happen to win a game. Same thing happened with Sam Darnold preceding Zach at the Jets where they were losing. He had to try to make something happen. He took extra risks that he didn't want to take. Some of those risks went south. And so I think Zach's going to be fine. What he's learning now is that life in the big city, and I played for the Jets for a couple of years, it's the highs are enormously high. The lows are enormously low. And, and that town will pound you down like a whack-a-mole. But then when you come back up, they love you. They love you. So he's got to just exclude everything as best he can and take what's there. And I think if I were to give him advice on the offense, it would be don't try to go win the game. It would be win the play based on the design of the play. And if that calls for a check down, throw the check down. If you're in two minute in the fourth quarter and you need to win, well, now you're taking risks. But for most of the game, don't try to, don't try to do too much because I think that's what has got him in trouble so far.
2: Trevor, let's finish with this. Uh, lots of chaos nationally. There have been more uh, teams in the top 25 losing through the four, first four weeks in, in the history of the AP poll. The most ever. It's been wild, right? Um, is Baylor the best team left on BYU's schedule right now at 4-0, and climbing into the uh, AP top 25 at 21 this week, with USC getting blown out by Oregon State? What?
4: Oregon State's on the rise, and USC's going to be up and down this year. USC is dangerous. When they're hot, they're really hot. But – BYU's beat them in the recent past, and so I think the Cougars understand USC well. Baylor is, I think, a team that BYU fans don't don't understand very well. Baylor runs the ball exceptionally well. They've got one of the smartest defensive brain trusts in all of college football. They just beat 14th-ranked Iowa State. 14th ranked team of the country. Well, BYU is in about that position, right? And so Baylor may be the best team that they face, but there are still a lot of tough outs. They still have Boise State. They still have a Washington State team with an offense that can get hot if BYU's defense isn't healthy. These are, these are, I wouldn't say that this is a beat Baylor and you're undefeated situation, but Baylor may be the toughest out on this, on this roster or excuse me, on this schedule remaining.
2: Yeah, Abram Smith, 7.2 yards per carry for Baylor, as you mentioned. They are tough. Trevor, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, Enjoy General Conference weekend, a.k.a. football weekend and General Conference. But it's going to be a a fun time up in Logan Friday. And, of course, tons of Cougars in the NFL doing good work as well. We appreciate the time, Trevor.
4: Great. Thanks, Jaren.
2: ESPN's Trevor Matic for BYU All-American. So he agrees with us like, no, there's not a quarterback controversy. It's a uh, good situation.
1: Yeah, not a problem. It is just a wealth of talent. Before we go to break, we want to give a very special rise and shout-out to Barbara Fowler, who passed away this weekend. Barbara is the mother of our longtime colleague and friend, Blaine Fowler. Barbara has always been a devout and exemplary BYU fan. She and her husband of more than 65 years, Kirk, served as ambassadors and hosts at the student-athlete building on campus for more than 15 years and touched the lives of thousands of athletes, coaches, and fans. They did so unpaid, offering their love, efforts, and passion for the betterment of BYU. We love Barbara and are so appreciative for all she has done for the university. We will miss her sorely. And our thoughts and prayers go out to her husband, Kirk, Blaine, and the entirety of the Fowler family.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU
2: radio apps. Or download the podcast where podcasts are found.
1: Our question of the day, are you more impressed with Baylor Romney or concerned about BYU's defense based on Saturday's result? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Timoteo Mitchell says, We knew Baylor Romney was good, but he really leveled up. Defense was greatly affected by holding people out that would have played against a better opponent. People forget USF put up 20 on number 10, Florida. The freshman QB is good. Baylor. Gets the nod. Okay. Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
2: A, uh, another melancholy rise and yep. shout-out to the entire University of Utah football family. Uh, Sunday morning, Ute defensive back Aaron Lowe passed away after being shot at a house party. Lowe was the inaugural recipient of the Ty Jordan Memorial Scholarship, War number 22 in honor of Jordan, his high school friend and teammate who passed away in December. This is really hard. Um, it's a, another... Untimely, unfortunate death for the University of Utah.
1: Yeah, our hearts absolutely ache with you, um, and we are uh, sending our prayers and love from Studio B. Our thanks to today's guests, Jimmer Fredette and Trevor Maddich, for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Gavin Fowler, coordinators' corners up on the BoT. BYU-